0: Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest today is Professor Abbas Amanat, a professor of history and international and area studies, and director of the Iranian Studies Initiative at the Macmillan Center. Professor Amanat's teaching and research interests include modern Iran and the Middle East, Shiism, and Apocalypticism. He has written several publications, including Pivot of the Universe and Resurrection and Renewal professor aminat is with us today to talk about his newest book apocalyptic islam and iranian shiism welcome professor aminat
1: thank you so much i'm glad to be here
0: in your newest book you explore the history of shi islam what is shi islam
1: well shi islam is really a historical phenomenon Mm -hmm. in terms of its long duration over the course of Islamic history starting from the very beginning of Islam, uh, based on some kind of a religious or uh, belief disagreement in early centuries of Islam, and then gradually developing into distinct communities uh, from Sunni Islam, Mm -hmm. particularly from 16th century, became more of a religion of a state, in the case of Iran, which is the largest uh, Shi community in the world with about perhaps 70 million or 60 odd million uh, of the population. Also uh, there are uh, communities of Shis uh, in other parts of the Middle East and beyond including in uh, southern Iraq which is the majority of population of Iraq. Uh, In southern Lebanon when also there is a large community in Pakistan, in Northern Arabian Peninsula, you would see a variety of communities of uh, Shi'is. Shi'ism, therefore, can be defined both in terms of community and in terms of beliefs. In terms of beliefs, uh, something which is characteristic of Shi'ism is this kind of a preoccupation with a sense of suffering over a course of time, a kind of a story of suffering which is very much symbolized by the sacred figures of early Islam and it's also a history of uh, expectation for some messianic return and in that regard indeed Shiism has much in common with other religious traditions uh, virtually all religious traditions one might say which all have an element of messianism but more specifically with uh, Christianity and the idea of the Jesus' second coming, with Judaism and the idea of the return of the Mashiach, and indeed with Zoroastrianism, the indigenous religion of Iran, where Shiism uh, played a very important part. Um, in all these traditions, there is this sense of idea of a return or return of a heroic saintly, prophetic figure, sometimes at the end of the time. And it's kind of closely associated with the notion of apocalypse in all these religions. And Shi'ism also inherits or indeed influenced much by all of these traditions, has major similarities in many ways with Christianity, but also with other of religious traditions. This is another characteristic, important characteristic of Shi'ism.
0: Okay, so what's the premise of your book?
1: Well, the the book uh, tends to emphasize that uh, this messianic apocalyptic aspect in Shiism uh, that's endured over 1400 years has sometimes been overlooked in favor of a more, one might call, uh, normative, mainstream, orthodox form of Shi'ism which like Sunni Islam or like other religions is very much institutionalized. It's based on the power of the clergy. It's based on a certain set of belief systems. Um, this uh, uh, a kind of alternative way of looking at religion, this way of looking at religion is kind of a Uh, 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 desire for a messianic return has often been uh, less uh, studied and the purpose of the book therefore is to try to show over a course of time how this has developed how this tendency has developed within Islam and more specifically within Shi'ism. A couple of chapters of my new book actually tends to look at it both within a comparative framework with comparison to other religions, and within Islam itself. And then try to look at its development over course of time, both in medieval and early modern times, and of course a big chunk of it in modern times, that is mostly 19th and 20th centuries.
0: Okay, so what drew you to this topic? Did did it evolve um, out of your other research, or or something else?
1: Both, actually. Uh, As you have mentioned in the introduction, I have been working and reading and writing and teaching Mm -hmm. um, aspects of Iranian history, Middle Eastern history, and Islamic history, of which the notion of uh, this kind of um, movements of change, movements of reform, and movements of revolutionary movements uh, within Islam, many of them with a Shiite component, played a very important part. Um, and as such, there has been a kind of a lifetime interest in the subject. And indeed this book developed as a result of some studies that I had done in forms of articles or various chapters that I had written before. and now I have put them together with some new material in order, t- and to my great surprise to see that they have such a coherence mm-hmm. in the form of a, a kind of a single narrative that, runs throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the book. The second point about it is that uh, uh, contemporary Iran, uh, uh, I was surprised to see that some of the themes that I have been preoccupied with has a new uh, life mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, particularly under the present uh, um, president of Iran, this kind of anticipation for the return of a messianic figure, the Mahdi, who is going to bring change into the world and so forth is very strong Mm -hmm. and indeed the last chapter of the book is an extensive study of various manifestations of the idea of the return of the idea of this kind of a messianic manifestation in today's Iran.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the research you needed to do for the book.
1: Well, the research uh, was in part uh, based on um, a textual material um, in pre-modern times, um, focusing mostly on the writings of um, the many of the figures of uh, this kind of messianic inspiration, um, uh, many of the trends in Shiism that led eventually to the emergence of new religious forms or re- new religions, such as, for instance, the famous Babi Baha'i religion. that I, Indeed, there is a chapter in this book about how it initially was transformed from the kind of a body of Shi messianic ideas into a new religious belief. And then, um, of course, in more modern times, I relied on variety of other sources. Um, Uh, Some of it uh, uh, newspapers, travel accounts, uh, histories, uh, personal narratives, um, perhaps less of archival work because this is a kind of a topic that does not lend itself well to archival studies. Much of what I have studied in this book indeed was an undercurrent, which for most of the time was either not seen easily by the outsiders, Mm -hmm. by the people, observers, and mostly it's uh, an attempt to try to read against the grain Mm -hmm. of what the historical text would tell you.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. Um, So what is apocalypticism, and how has it influenced the development of modern Shiite theology?
1: Uh, As I was saying, apocalypticism, in a very broad sense, uh, of course, it has a very specific Christian, biblical uh, uh, meaning, in the sense of its association with the Book of Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Uh, but the term itself, uh, in a kind of a technical sense, um, uh, means something broader than that. Means a, a, an aspiration for a uh, uh, for a an end to your notion of present time, to the human society's notion of present time. Sometimes it's very violent, as it's often the term associates with uh, the kind of a catastrophic, cataclysmic events, let's say in Hollywood movies or whatever. Uh, And uh, sometimes it is more specifically in a symbolic way defined as a kind of a symbolic shift in time. Therefore, the end of an era, an end of an epoch, and the beginning of a new epoch is what it's desired by this apocalyptic change. Usually, the apocalyptic change is a component of a messianic return. You have a charismatic, prophetic, saintly figure, which has been expected, has been promised for a long time, who emerges, appears, um, in a bodily human form, and indeed, in many ways, it reflects the aspirations of the society in which he comes from mm-hmm. or she comes from. And uh, then uh, it brings about, usually in a, a dramatic way, uh, usually even by declaring that the end of the time has arrived and the beginning of a new time, a kind of a utopic view, a utopian view of the world in which the realm of justice and equity uh, has to be uh, uh, benefited by the entire uh, human race sometimes by specific societies communities sometimes by in a broader sense and in a sense there is a sen- there is an idealism associated with it sometimes it's very religious as indeed apocalypticism often implies in terms of the religions that I have named. Sometimes it could be uh, purely uh, secular. We can see in the writings of many uh, historians, I'm sorry, many religious figures, and some literary works even. In poetry, we can see some of these apocalyptic aspirations. And As I said, in in cinema, we can find that um, phenomenon. Uh, So it's something that seems to have been very deeply ingrained with human nature to try to see a moment of shift from one pattern of life to another.
0: Okay, so what, um, in doing the research, did you find uh, most surprising?
1: Well, perhaps the most surprising for me was the re-emergence, basically of these ideas, which to us as historians or scholars seem to be purely um, a historical phenomenon uh, that you would not expect in a modern or rather postmodern societies of today to Mm reemerge. And I was very surprised to see, in a sense, despite all years of following these trends Mm -hmm. in (coughs) today's Iran, to try to see that they are reemerging not only with most recent episode, but indeed you can see, look at the Iranian Islamic Revolution of 1979, as I have argued in my book, as indeed a very much a messianic phenomenon with Ayatollah Khomeini, the leader of the revolution, is really a kind of prophetic figure that in many ways manifests or reflects this kind of a characteristic of a messianic figure. And then, of course, later on, in a more explicit way in the recent uh, past five, six years under President Ahmadinejad. So <clears throat> the fact that you can see, a, uh, indeed, a present updated version of reemergence of these themes in today's Shiism or today's Islam, as a matter of fact, was a, su- was a surprise to me and, in a sense, confirmation of what I have been saying in my other work earlier on.
0: So, do you have a sense of why that is happening? Uh,
1: Sure. Uh, uh, As I was pointing out, um, uh, apocalyptic or messianic uh, aspirations is a very complex phenomenon. And it can be attributed in part to the fact that we are at the end of the third decade of an Islamic revolution, Mm -hmm. speaking uh, specifically in the case of Iran. And uh, there is a sense of disillusionment uh, with what the revolution had promised and never provided. Uh, There was this great uh, enthusiasm in the early years of the revolution, the years of the first decade, basically, under Ayatollah Khomeini himself, that he would bring an ideal Islamic society into this world. Uh, Then there was a very traumatic, Uh, uh, a period of eight years of war with Iraq, which uh, in a sense by itself was very apocalyptic in its nature, like the First World War, Mm -hmm. which many historians would indeed claim, uh, aspired and created the sense of um, disillusionment, the sense of end, the sense of total um, break from the norms of the society. And in this case of the Iran-Iraq war, we can find the same phenomenon. And then uh, after that, for about 10, 15 years, uh, a, a promise for the emergence of a more open society, particularly under President Khatami. There was this great promise that the Islamic revolution is eventually going to be uh, to accept the world outside. And try to come to terms with the world, a more reformist vision of revolution. And that uh, also failed, uh, in a sense, or never really managed to um, uh, uh, transform the Iranian society. And therefore, the third phase is what we are witnessing today, which tends to promise going back again to the expectations for a better society, expectations for coming of a figure that is going to bring about change and eventually materialize what has been promised. So one can, in, in a few words, can in a nutshell, can uh, regard this as a, uh, a, as a reflection of the trauma of disillusionment of the Islamic revolution.
0: Fascinating. Thank you very much for being here with us today and sharing some of your work. Thank you. For more information about Professor Aminat and his newest book, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty McMillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.